Church of the Warm Heart, good evening. And Merry Christmas. It is such a blessing to have each and every one of you here tonight to join with us as we celebrate the birth of Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time here, we are just blessed to have you with us and we pray that you find a blessing in tonight's service. Thank you to all the folk who are joining us online. We are streaming this service and our 7 o'clock, wherever you are joining us for Christmas Eve. Uh, I know we got some people in Alabama, some people in Oregon Coast watching right now. I know people are watching from Nebraska because I just got a text from my mom saying, I'm watching you right now. <laughs> so I got to change all my stories in my sermon. I didn't think she'd be watching. <laughs> It is a blessing to have each and every one of you. Feel free and turn these off uh, or just mute, something like that. Uh, we'd appreciate that. If you want to uh, 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 do, the, do the whole Twitter thing, whatever it is that you do, that's, that's fine during the service. Talk back and forth about what's going on. That's cool. Just, uh, just keep it on the quiet, on the down low. I had a, I had a wedding a while back where I, I was up there doing the wedding and the best man's phone went off. <laughs> And it was in a tux, a rented tux, and he couldn't figure out how to get it out of the, of the thing. And after about 10 seconds of the thing ringing, uh, and the ringtone was, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, so tell me what you want. <laughs> the only thing I knew to say was, all objections to the wedding have to be made in person. You can't phone them in. Uh, like I said, we have a lot of people joining online. In a moment, we'll have meet and greet, but can you do me a favor? Could you just look back at that camera, the top camera, and just, just wave Merry Christmas to all the folk joining us. You're an important part of our congregation, and we're, we're blessed to have you. Uh, later on in the service, we'll sing Silent Night with candles and or glow sticks. If you did not pick up a candle or a glow stick, you can catch them just right at this door here. Uh, they'll be passing them out. Uh, I think most people got them, but if, if you're missing, that's fine. If you have need of a nursery, we do have a nursery available right outside these doors and down the stairs. We have a nursery available for those, you know, whatever age you think is appropriate, on down. Uh, uh, that's, that's there as well. Would you please join with me in our call to worship? It'll be up on the screen. Welcome tonight to a celebration like no other. Let the love of Jesus be born in your hearts and spirits. Rejoice, good friends. The good news is here. Amen. I'd like to invite the Scarangello family to come on up. They'll be helping us to light our Advent candle. We have one more candle to go for Christmas Eve. Tonight we come seeking hope peace, joy, and love. And we find these things in a child. God made flesh as a baby in a manger. To a people longing for hope and yearning for deliverance, the prophet Isaiah declared, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We live as people in between who celebrate the arrival of a light that shines in lost and broken places as we wait for the day we will live in the fullness of God's kingdom. 
light these candles as signs of her shocking hope, or just piece of. Our fierce joy, the love that transforms us and Jesus Christ, or wondrous light, may the light bring in our hearts, guide us, confront us, protect, protect us, and tend us in all seasons and circumstances reminding us that day and night in the light and the darkness God is with us or save salvation has come amen good job and let us sing together Let us stand, greet those around us in Christmas love, and then remain standing for our opening carols.
Please be seated. Thank you, Bonnie. The first reading is Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. When they came there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word. Good evening and Merry Christmas to everybody. So one thing that distinguishes our faith from, from many other uh, religions is that we serve a God who has risen, which a lot of other or no religions can really say that. But what's even more amazing is that we also serve a God who, even though he, he is the king of, of the world, he was born in very humble circumstances in a manger. And just the humility in which he was born also separates him from many other religions um, I think many people thought he would come in a more glorious manner, but um, he came in a manger, very humble um, and in very filthy circumstances. So uh, I just think that's a really amazing way for our Savior to deliver uh, his son to the world. Um, this is actually a song that, uh, that I wrote and actually my dad wrote um, and his brother. So this song was called uh, God Made a Way in a Manger. Savior's radiance, telling of the Savior's coming birth, the child who would bring new life to earth. In the dark of the night lay the host of heaven's light, far away from the noise in humility rise. They didn't think after centuries they would see it come to life. But Jesus made a way in a manger. Doubt would be defeated with miracles. people 
The second scripture tonight is Luke 2, uh, 8 through 15. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and laying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The carols continue. As able and willing, let's stand and sing.
Please be seated. Our third scripture reading tonight to finish off the Christmas story. We've, we've had two in-house people speak. We asked uh, this past month if any of our online folk would like to participate. We can go to their house and film or whatever. Uh, Mary Liz Jones volunteered. She actually hosts the online. Thank you, Mary Liz. And she came in to read, uh, so we taped her ahead of time. Here's the Christmas story. The scripture is from Luke 2, 16 through 20. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word.
kids for putting that together. That was earlier in the, uh, in the Advent season. Uh, kind of old school home, home way of doing it. Uh, you know, just a rope and some sheets hanging like you're watching a movie in the backyard sort of thing or a slideshow. And uh, that's what they made. Uh, thank you to all the kids. Jesus was played by a 40, 40, watt, 40 watt bulb. We appreciate that. Uh, as we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to all those who give to this church, to the ministries of love to make this place happen. I know the offering is, is, is finishing up now, but uh, we have the gift of music as it finishes.
So John is attending his first comedian's convention. He's very excited to see all the comedians he saw on TV when he was growing up. And he's sitting at the table, and the proceedings begin, and they they begin with a joke session. And Jay Leno gets up. And Jay Leno just stands up and says, 64. And everybody laughs, except for John, who's confused. And, 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 and uh, Chris Rock stands up, 18, and everyone's just dying laughing, except for John. And finally, John just turns to his friend and says, what's going on? And his friend says, oh, these are all professional comedians. They've heard all the jokes, all the stories, and so they just number them. They make, to make it easier, they just say the number instead of the joke. It just saves so much time. And so he sees a few other people do it. John Stewart stands up, 85, and everyone laughs. And John finally gets enough courage. And he summons up his, 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 his backbone, and he stands up, and he says, 15. And nobody laughs. Silence. John is so embarrassed, he sits back down. And then he hears a voice mutter at the end of his table. Some people just don't know how to tell a joke. Okay, that was a dumb joke. I get that. But I, I, I told that story to tell this story. This takes place of my in-laws every single year. My father-in-law, bless his heart, heard this joke, and he thought he'd live it out at the, at the table every Thanksgiving and every Christmas. And it's become a tradition in and of itself. So sometime in the next couple of days, we'll sit down at the meal, and my brother-in-law, Brent, will say a number, and we'll all laugh. And then my wife will say a number, and we'll all laugh. And then Aunt Melissa will say a number, we'll all laugh. But eventually we get to my mother-in-law. And it's her turn to say a number, and she refuses. For she has learned uh, that no one is going to laugh when she says a number. And yet with enough prodding and cajoling and probably a little bit of wine, she she she, she gets enough courage and she says a number. And it's crickets, right? And she was just thinking, she's like Charlie Brown who thinks maybe this is the year I can kick the football. And it, it, and it doesn't happen. And she, she'll, I know she's going to say, I knew it, I knew it every stinking time. And then we all laugh together and she laughs too and the tradition is complete. Do you do the same things at your dining room table? Do you share the same stories over and over and over again? Do you know someone who says the same joke time and time again? Yeah? That's what we do at our family. And movie quotes. We also do movie quotes. We also do this at church. I remember my first year in ministry, and I got to preach a Christmas Eve service, and I had ideas. I had ideas, and I used them all. And I wasn't thinking very well because the next year, guess what? Christmas came again, and I had to come up with a totally new sermon, but using the same Christmas story. Year after year, year after year. This is my 26th Christmas Eve sermon, and honestly, it's the same story. Angel, virgin, donkey, manger, wise men, shepherds. The story never changes, but yet here, pastor, here, do something new with this. I've had well-meaning folks say, Pastor, every time I see you, you talk about the same thing. And I kind of joke back, you should come back in July or May. It's a different story then. It's kind of fun. 
but I get it. Tonight, you want to hear the same old story. So do I. Maybe, maybe I'm getting a little cynical in my old age. We say things like peace on earth, goodwill toward all, joy to the world, Christmas miracles, love, joy, hope, peace. And I think maybe, maybe if we tell the story again, maybe this year it will be different. Maybe we'll stop having war. Maybe the Middle East will get its act together that I mentioned miracles. Maybe this is the year that my New Year's resolutions will stick, lose weight, eat healthier, call my grandmas more often. They're the same old resolutions. Maybe I won't mess up my kids any more than I usually do. Maybe I won't make the same mistakes in my marriage any more than last year. There is dysfunction in every family because there's people in them, by the way. I have all these hopes. I have these dreams that we preach about and we shoot for at Christmas. And then January comes and it doesn't feel like there's peace on earth. Goodwill toward all. The wars still rage in the battlegrounds and maybe in your own families. And so I ask, what's the point of telling the story again? And I say it with a wink. After the Christmas story, the shepherds, they have to go back to the fields, go back to work, had to go find their sheep, probably wandered off. The wise men didn't stick around. They went back home. The angels, they're gone. The innkeeper had a mess to pick up, just saying, if you have a baby indoors in a rented hotel room, you're going to lose your deposit. I, I guarantee it. Life didn't get better for the people of Judea. Herod still ruled. Caesar and the Romans were still in charge, still taxing, pillaging, and plundering. Mary and Joe, if you know the story, had to fly to Egypt to escape the rage of a jealous king. The kids who stuck around Bethlehem town, they didn't fare too well at the end of the story either. So why do we tell the same story year after year, century after century? What's so special about this night? In the end, after it's all said and done, you and me, we're made up of stories. We create stories, and we keep telling these stories. Just make, just make it a good one, right? My, my kids are nerds. One of their favorite movies is a movie called Big Fish. Came out about 20 years ago. Anyone ever see Big Fish? A couple people. Didn't do great at the box office. It's, uh, but it, I won't go into it. I won't bore you with it. But it's about a storyteller and his life. And the stories that he tells are, are grandiose stories uh, that are probably bigger than life. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story, by the way. But one of the teachable lines at the end is this. A man tells his story so many times that he becomes the story. They live on after him. And in that way, he becomes immortal. Don't you tell the stories of loved ones who are gone? just to keep them alive and to remember and reminisce and smile. You become the stories that you tell. Let me, let me, let me explain it like this. Um, we have stories about our country. Uh, God bless America, and we tell the stories about our country, and we, we tell them to live so, so we can live it out. We're a melting pot. We hold these truths to be self-evident, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. We tell the stories in this narrative to remind us of who we are and what we're called to be. 
It gives me identity. It gives me purpose. Uh, let me, this, this might be kind of the patriotic section of the Christmas Eve sermon. Let me, let me, uh, let me try it like this. I'm going to say a line or two, just a few words, and I'm going to see if you can finish it. How well do you know our story? Okay? Let's try it like this. Ask not. Yeah, we got it back there a little bit, haven't we? Yeah. I'll try an easier one. Mr. Gorbachev. Some of you have been around when that when that happened, yeah. Four score. Awesome. Some of you were around for then too. I love it. I came from Nebraska, right? And so I had this little kid, like a seven, eight, seven, little kid, seven, eight-year-old. Uh, I know I'm getting old. He looked up at me and said, did you fight for the North or South? I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that old. Not yet. All right. Try a couple more here. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat. I'm just going to give you three words, see if you can figure it out. Give me your... No, no, no. Get... Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. Uh, give me liberty or give me... Yeah, yeah, that also works. I, I, I choose... Uh, well, liberty, I guess. <laughs> I'll try, try another one. Three, three letters, three words. I have a... Brain. Yeah. Here's a hard one. I'm going to end it on a hard one. See if you got this one. Listen, my children, and you shall hear... Good job. On the 18th of April in 75, hardly a man is now alive who remembers that, that day and year. This is our story. And why do we keep telling these stories? Because I think, you know, our country's still messed up year after year. Administration after administration. It's still the best country. But we tell the stories to remind us of who we are so we don't forget who we're called to be, how we're connected and I believe that we become the stories that we choose to tell. Why do we keep t- telling the stories around the dining room table? Our family, they, we still have our issues, generation after generations. Well, we tell the stories to remind us of who we are, so we don't forget who we're called to be, how we're connected. And I believe that our family, we become the stories that we choose to tell. Let me go back to that original question. Why do we keep telling the Christmas story year after year after year about a baby lying in a manger? Even if we still have the is- our issues, we tell this story to remind us of who we are so we don't forget who we're called to be and how we're all connected. I believe that we become the stories that we choose to tell about ourselves. If you tell stories of love, you will become more loving. If you tell stories about peace, you'll become more peaceful. If you tell stories about how God has a purpose and a plan for your life, I guarantee you're going to find that purpose and that calling, a way to serve others, how we're connected. So I'll keep telling the stories of angels and shepherds, and wise men, a scared young couple, and a special baby. And I'll keep telling these stories throughout these years because it reminds us that the light has come into this world. That's how the world changes. One story at a time. One person at a time. By retelling the stories of hope and perseverance, justice and mercy, as shown through the baby, 
lying in a manger. This Christmas, become a part of the story. This baby is given for us all. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Carry it in your heart. Even when January and its cold comes, and after all the lights and tinsels are taken down, let the light still shine within you. Let that be part of your story, knowing that you belong in the story of faith. Merry Christmas. And the family of God said, Amen. One of our traditions here at the Church of the Warm Heart is to sing Silent Night by candlelight or glow sticks. If you have the glow sticks, now is the time to snap them and make them happen. We're going to spread our light. I'm not going to light everyone's candle, of course. I'm just going to do a couple. And if those couple can also lean around and light a few others. And maybe by the end of the first verse, we'll have this place lit. As you're willing and able, let us stand and sing. Silent.
Thank you to all the music uh, that happened tonight. Thank you to our tech team upstairs for making this happen. To our online guests, thank you. And to all of you, thank you. And may your Christmas be special and bright. Let us pray. Loving Father, help us to remember the birth of Jesus. That we may share in the song of the angels, the, the gladness of the shepherds, the worship of the wise men. Close the door of hate and open the door of love over all the world. May kindness come with every gift and good desire with every greeting. May we see every blessing which Christ brings and teach us to be merry with clean hearts. May the Christmas morning make us happy to be thy children and Christmas evening bring us to our beds with grateful hearts, forgiving and forgiven. For Jesus' sake, amen. Go in peace.